Welcome to Autism Knows No Borders. Discover what's possible when people impacted by autism inspire change and build community. Together with the Global Autism Project, here's your host, Rachel Harmon. Hello, everyone. Just a reminder that we're still taking donations for our COVID-19 Partner Relief Fund. Our partners across the globe share our vision of creating a world where every person with autism can reach their potential no matter where they live. They are dedicated to providing access to quality, culturally appropriate education and equal opportunities in their communities. As a result of COVID-19, our partners have shifted their work to support their students remotely, with many of them volunteering their time, and they will continue to do so as long as they can. 100% of your donations to the Partner Relief Fund will go directly to our partners who need it most. You will be supporting internet access for remote teaching, educational materials, and tuition scholarships. As our partners adapt and innovate to meet the urgent challenges presented by COVID-19, we're inviting you today to join us and help create a better future for these children at risk. You can make a donation directly on our website at globalautismproject.org. Our guest today is Maharani Putri Kusama. Maharani, or Rani for short, is the co-founder and owner of Rumatiara, an autism center in Jakarta, Indonesia. She's been receiving training from the Global Autism Project since 2013. So far, we've sent nine SkillCore volunteer teams to Rumatiara to provide sustainable hands-on training. For this interview, Rani was joined with Via Mawarni, a former therapist at Rumatiara who interpreted from Bahasa to English for us. I want to give a special thank you to Via for all of the effort she put in to making sure Rani's message was understood. In today's episode, we discuss the level of autism awareness in Indonesia, the stigma associated with the diagnosis, and the types of services available for families. Rani also describes how she became involved in the field and why she loves working with children with autism. Rani talks about some of the challenges she's faced as a business owner, including the ongoing financial struggles resulting from the COVID-19 pandemic. Her staff at Rumatiara stay positive, knowing that they're helping children who might otherwise not have access to therapy. Rani reflects on her partnership with the Global Autism Project and reminisces about moments she holds dear from the times she's hosted SkillCore volunteers. She also explains which aspects of Indonesian culture she is most excited to share with our teams when they visit. In this episode, Discover what's possible when perseverance and determination get their feet on the ground and spread awareness one step at a time. For more information about Rani and Ruma Tiara, please visit our show notes at autismknowsnoborders.com. And now, I present you Maharani Putri Kusama. Hello, Rani and Via. Welcome to Autism Knows No Borders. Hi. <laughs> Thank you. Hi. Rani, could you please introduce yourself? Saya adalah pemilik dari Rumah Tiara. 
Hello, everyone. I am Maharani Putrikusuma. I'm the owner of Roma Tiara, partner of Global Autism Project. Thank you. And Via, could you please introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. I am Via. I used to work in Roma Tiara, and now I am in Abu Dhabi. Yes, and Via will be helping with interpreting from Bahasa to English today. So thank you, Via. No worries. Rani, what is the current understanding of autism in Indonesia? Well, the acceptance in Indonesia, especially in Jakarta, has grown so much that people are more aware with autism. There's a lot of growing communities between parents and the educators that are concerned about autism in Indonesia itself. So many information that parents or educators can access about autism so that is also a good point that is growing and happening in Indonesia. However, because uh, Indonesia is such a large country and it's still developing a lot, outside Jakarta, even like outside Java, it's still very hard and it's quite inaccessible for the parents to get the treatment and information about autism. So that's why a lot of people with autism are struggling to improve their quality of life. What services are available for families from the point of diagnosis? Well, there are a lot of types therapy that is accessible and available for the family, such as sensory integration, and then occupational therapy, also speech-language therapy. However, one of the concerns to access these therapies is it requires a lot of financial. So a lot of families are struggling to get the services for their children because of the amount of money that they needed. Is the government providing any support? The government do not provide funding for the families to access these therapies. But recently, they've been building a center that integrates with medical center in small towns. However, because the amount of kids that need the treatment is not balanced with the facilities that they provided, so that's why so many kids are abandoned or they are forgotten and they cannot access this treatment until they grown up. Is there any stigma of autism in Indonesia? There are a lot of stigma that sticks with the kids with autism, such as it's a sickness that needs to be treated so it can be cured. Also, that it's an unwanted children. That's what the stigma within the kids with autism among the families and societies. Recently, I've discovered two of my friends, and they have young kids of their own, 
and they just discovered that their kids might have diagnosed with autism, and they're very anxious of how are they going to grow up, how will they get treatment. Are there any services available in schools? There's no specific treatment for the kids with autism at school. However, recently there are a lot of schools that provide inclusion. So they integrate the typical developing kids with kids with autism to study together. However, it's not really productive. That's what I mean with a public school that government provides. That's like a public inclusion school. So we do have a special needs school from the government as well, but they tend to mix different types of special needs children. While we might know that kids with autism need specific treatment for them to be able to understand or like work together in a group classroom. So that's why some of the parents say that it might not work for their kids that have autism. What's available for adults with autism? In Indonesia, it depends on the family support. So if the family has a good financial management and then they have good resources for their own kids, usually they will train them to do a vocational training or Oh, you can do baking or cooking or like specific work training that they can do for them. But most of the parents in Indonesia cannot really do anything for adults with autism. So they usually ended up doing nothing. Uh, They don't have any jobs and they will just stay at home or they might stay in the facility. Okay. Ronnie, how did you get started working with the autistic population? I got into this field when I started working in 2011. At that time, I was volunteering in a non-profit organization in Jakarta for children with special needs. Well, from that experience, I've learned how to teach and how to engage with the kids with special needs and with their challenging behavior. That's my first experience on how I get on with these kids with autism and how I fall in love, basically, with kids with autism. What exactly do you love about kids with autism? I got really interested with kids with autism because they have their own world and how they perceive the world and how they, like, think about the world, it's very unique to me. And I also got to know that not many of us are able to communicate what do we want. They are very simple, you know, they don't want anything fancy. It's just like very straightforward what they want. And how did you start Rumatiara? I started Rumatiara with two of my friends, Angga and Khatik. 
because we see that so many kids with autism don't get proper treatment. The first few clients that we got were actually kids that were denied to go to the school because of their behaviors. Or some of them, they've been receiving treatment for years, around four or more, but still they don't see any progress for their own kids. Especially with the family that has financial problems or they come from lower economical families, they often really, really hard to get the treatment accessible for them because they cannot pay the amount of treatment that is very expensive usually, especially in Jakarta. That's how and why we want to build Rumatiara because we want them to get the same treatment with the other kids with autism. What does Rumatiara mean? Direct translation means a house. So a house is a place for a family to live. And the direct translation for Tiara is a crown. So in Rumatiara, we want the kids with autism and as well the parents that they feel welcome, you know, like the king and the queen, that we respect them and they're very welcome and accepted by us. <laughs> when did you start Rumatiara? Previously, our center was High Five and it started on 2015 and then we changed into Rumatiara since 2017. And Ronnie, did you face any challenges along the way? Yes, I faced so many challenges. The first one is I do like working with kids and I enjoy it. However, I wasn't really ready to involved in a business manner, you know, doing the management and all of this business stuff. The challenges were I've had to manage the management, financial, and then the human resources as well as the marketing in Rumatiara since we started. So we know that we can keep learning and learning. We will learn from this organization of ours and become better eventually. Could you tell us any success stories related to students? Well, there are a lot of success stories that we've had, but now I will share you one. We have this one student. He's been going to the special needs school provided by the government for a few years. And if you hear his story, it will break any of the teachers' heart because what they've been doing to him is that they tied him up on a chair because he's been escaping from the classroom each time, you know, they have to go to the classroom. So in order to make him do all the work and attend to the school, 
they will tie him up on the chair in the classroom. Wow. Then. When he came to us, he was already 12 years old, such a big boy with a big posture, and then he barely stands straight, and he has a very aggressive behavior. Because he was so terrified with the classroom, so we were shaping his behavior using an antecedent intervention. That we were building up his behavior that wanted to stay in our center. So instead of staying for the full two hours with other students, he can go home like in 30 minutes, in the first few days and weeks, until he got used to and he's comfortable with the classroom settings with other students. Then it lasted for a long time. In the first few weeks, he was just around the center, like in our front yard, and he was like, he can only, he can engage with us, even like, he can go to our office, engage with the teachers, as long as we are trying to get him comfortable around us. It took us few weeks until one day he was following one of his peers going inside to the classroom by himself and he was there laughing with the other student and it made us so shocked and we were so happy at the time for him because it took a long time for us until he got to where he is now. Now he can stay 15 to 20 minutes in the classroom, and that's for us is such a huge improvement for him. Yeah, and thinking about what doors that will open for him. If then he's able to stay in the classroom for 30 minutes for an hour, all of the teaching opportunities that can occur while he's there, also learning from his peers. Yeah. Yes, we also hope that he's able to stay longer in the classroom and that he will eventually learn a lot. How many students do you have at Ruma Tiara now? Now we have seventeen uh, active students in Ruma Tiara. Do you offer other types of services other than applied behavior analysis? Yeah. Yes, we do offer other services such as a remedial services and a shadow teacher. Mm -hmm. And how do you encourage your staff to follow the mission of Ruma Tiara? Okay, jadi pertama kali. First, uh, when we are looking for our educators, when we are hiring, we want the people who already love with the kids, and then know why is it important for the kids with autism to get this treatment, and what the future will be for them after they get a proper treatment, and we want the educators of Rumatiara can feel that. They become part of the kids with autism's life, so they're not just like simply a therapist, but they are becoming a part of their life, like an important part of their learning. Mm -hmm. 
What outreach initiatives have you done to engage your community? We outreach to the community around Rumatiara and raise their awareness about what is it that kids with autism and special needs. And we also try to share it in our social media through Instagram and sharing the information about autism and what is it actually and how to get the proper treatment for the kids with autism. Sometimes we also go to a local community kindergarten to spend time with the teacher and tell them, oh, these are the symptoms for the kids with autism. And then, again, raising awareness of what is autism. And also, there is one day on every week, every Sunday, that we go and people walk around the town. It's a car-free day on Sunday, and we go there with our educators. Again, we are raising awareness on Sunday morning to the people in our community. How do you engage with the community? Are you going up to people and just talking to them? Are you giving them handouts? We do approach them and then giving out handouts and brochure about just a simple explanation about what autism is and then having a conversation face-to-face with the parents so that they know about our center as well as autism. Yeah, so you're literally on the ground doing the footwork. I think it's so important also to go to the schools, like you said you did, because it's essential to educate the teachers about autism so that they don't tie up students to chairs if they're trying to escape. So, Rani, changing topic, almost all of our partners had to shut down temporarily at some point during the last few months due to the COVID-19 pandemic. How has the crisis affected your center? Yes, since the uh, COVID-19 started, we faced a challenge as well that we had to shut down our center. And now we've changed our services into teleservices, which make the parents to be the educator for their own kids. We do maintain our communication with parents and then two times supervision each week with the parents. Obviously, it reflects on our financial because so many parents have lost their jobs and are struggling to earn for the income and that also affects our financial So we predict that they might not be able to pay for the services in the upcoming weeks. Mm -hmm. Do you have a plan for that? Yeah. Yeah, pasti. (laughs) Tapi... We understand that we are facing this pandemic together and that financial problems is uh, rising in our center. We are really grateful for the educators that we have because they have understanding that, yes, this might affecting for their salary as well. But like we know that we are in this together, so I'm grateful for that.
Yeah, and it's also showing your leadership, Ronnie, because you've been able to keep everyone together and keep their spirits high and stay positive throughout all of this. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I, uh, well, I feel that I am the one who is the luckiest to have them as my educators. Mm-hmm. Ronnie, tell us about your partnership with the Global Autism Project. Yeah. Uh, I know Global Autism Project since 2013 and I've been receiving their training every year since they come to our country. And when we built High Five in 2015, we were so happy that Global Autism Project still support us at the time and until now. And in 2017, when we changed our name from High Five to Rumatiara, again, as an organization, we faced so many problems and Global Autism Project was there supporting us, giving us consultation. Global Autism Project gives us strength and power that we're going to face this together and they will always be there for us to support us to keep going and provide the right treatment for the kids. Do you have any special memories from Skillcore? Well, every Skill Corps um, has their own stories each time they visit Indonesia. One of the memorable Skill Corps visit was when we recently changed our name into Rumatiara in 2017. It was very memorable to me. In that visit, Casey said to me, and from that moment, it stays in my mind that she said Global Autism Project don't work with individuals, but they work and support organizations and support them to be able to provide the right treatment for kids with autism. And Global Autism Project will always support the organization. And since that, I feel like Ruma Tiara is acknowledged, and that's what makes us keep going. What part of Indonesian culture do you like to share with the Skillcore teams when they visit? Yes, I do want to share a lot of Indonesian culture with the Skill Corps team, but mostly is food because Indonesian foods are delicious and they're very tasty. Yes, and karaoke, right? I've heard a lot of stories of teams coming back saying they've had so much fun with your staff at karaoke. Well, it's because we do know how to have fun together nicely and in a very fun way. Yeah, I'm actually lucky enough to have shared a karaoke night with you, Rani and Hotik. 
and Janita. We attended Global Summit together last August in Bali, which was not so far for you being in Jakarta. What was it like for you to spend that week with all of the partners? It was very spectacular because in the summit, I had the chance to meet with other business owners partnering with Global Autism Project. And I've come to realize that, like, I'm not alone. Like, there are people who's facing the same thing as me. Because normally in Indonesia, the business owners, they don't share their own um, things. So it's exclusive to their own organizations. So I don't know what to do. So it was such a great pleasure for me to be able to meet them. And then we discussed so many things and the challenges as a business owners. Rani, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. I'd like to close with one last question. Do you have any advice for parents of children with autism or other business owners? Well, for the parents, I advise that if you have kids with autism or special needs, don't be ashamed. Don't lose your hope because, yes, it's tough, but there are many ways for your children to be able to learn. And just don't lose your hope because we will be here supporting you. For the business owners, I think it would be great for us to collaborate and to be able to discuss our challenges because we know that the ratio of the kids with special needs is more than the services that are available. So it would be great if we could work together to provide the right treatment for these kids. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you both so much for your time. And Via, I just want to really thank you for all of the effort that you put into interpreting from Bahasa to English to English to Bahasa. I know it's really tiring, but you did a great job. So thank you. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure to talk to you, Rachel, and to talk to Rani as well. Mm -hmm. And Rani, I'll be seeing you during our monthly partner call. Okay. Thank you, Rachel. All right. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to Autism Knows No Borders. Unfortunately, Ronnie's account of a student with autism being tied to his chair in order to increase his learning opportunities is far from uncommon. Even when such measures are well-intended, teachers and caregivers without proper training on how to manage behavioral challenges may often cause serious harm. During my first skill core trip at an autism center in Uganda, I met an eight-year-old boy who had only been receiving services for a couple of months. His smile would reach from ear to ear whenever we would play chase, and he also loved washing dishes after lunch. Although he didn't have much verbal language, he would often repeat a phrase over and over again in Swahili. No one on our team spoke Swahili, so for a few days we wondered what he was saying. Eventually, a staff member translated it for us. It meant, are you a dog? 
We went on to learn that this sweet boy had been tied to a tree in his yard for most of his life. People walking by would see him and call out, Are you a dog? His parents didn't tie him up to be cruel. Rather, they did it out of fear for their son's life. They simply didn't know how to teach him to not run away. There are too many stories like these in places where resources and education about autism are limited or barely existent. The community outreach initiatives at Ruma Tiara are truly inspiring. With each person they engage with on the streets, they're getting one step closer to ensuring that no children with autism are being tied up or mistreated in any other way. The lack of resources and education about autism is not limited to low-income countries. It is also the reality of many areas in the U.S. and Europe. I invite you to share this episode with one other person in your life. Like Ronnie and her team, let's get on the ground and do the footwork to spread autism awareness. Thanks for listening. Take care. Tune in each week for engaging conversations of how people across the globe are inspiring change and building community. You've been listening to Autism Knows No Borders, brought to you by the Global Autism Project. You can find Rachel's notes for this episode and learn more about today's guests at AutismKnowsNoBorders.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please kindly rate the show and leave a review. By doing so, you'll be helping us increase awareness and acceptance of autism around the world.